0: Hey kids, Cherie here. Here's your friendly spoiler alert. If you're not caught up with season two, please stop now or forever hold your tweets. When trying to untangle the jingle from the jangle, it's easy if you listen with your heart. Welcome to The Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, Cherie, and like we discussed last week, Ashley Johnson, who typically joins us and helps host this joint, can't she can't join this week due to like offset work schedules. It's, it's a whole thing. I'm flying solo today. If you hear any pitter-patter, it is because I am in my car on my lunch break and it's raining, but it was either record now or wait until after my kid goes to bed and then inevitably has night terrors because that's what we're doing all week. We're just staying up all night, screaming our heads off, in our sleep, can't wake up. It's been the best. The joys of motherhood, they never cease. Okay, so today we are discussing Riverdale Season 2, Episode 20, Chapter 33, Shadow of a Doubt. Of course, this is in reference to the 1943 Hitchcock noir-esque mystery movie of the same name with a woman who discovers that her visiting uncle may not be the man he seems to be. I mean, that's like a reference to Claudius, right? Right? Anyway, let's just jump right in. So, the episode starts with Archie going door-to-door passing out campaign flyers for his dad, which is really sweet, even though he's been kind of a tool to his dad in his campaign for a while now. But what he's really doing is looking into the eyes of the men in Riverdale so he can match them up to the ones that he stared into in the season one finale. Those goddamn green irises that I swear do not exist in nature, I'm pretty sure. But when, when Hiram confronts his little boy toy about campaigning for the opposition, you know, the kid's own dad, Archie tells him that his real motivation is <laughs> is to look into these guys eyes and Hiram's like ew that's weird like what a guy can't appreciate other guys eyes how very ignorant and like Chandler Bing style homophobic of you Hiram like that's that like that comment was funny <laughs> also kind of like oh that felt very 90s and ignorant <laughs> Betty tells her parents that she thinks chick was a test and they're like Okay. But really, she's just trying to get a reaction out of Hal, and that just isn't happening. So later, Betty and Jack had walked to school in the rain, which was really sweet, and I feel like she should have shared her umbrella with him. You know, hashtag there was room for two, hashtag Titanic. Um, <laughs> but our favorite beanie clad boy says, This is as bad as it can get. Like, you idiot, you never ever say that. It can always get worse. OMG. Betty's like, oh yeah, it can get worse. My dad could be the Black Hood. And Jughead laughs, and he's like, hell's a total joke Tell to, like, everyone in this town. <laughs> but she's dead serious. At the Pembroke, the Lodges are hosting hashtag mob sons because Veronica so successfully pulled off her kidnapping and alleged takedown of Nick St. Clair. But since he's the, uh, patron saint of storylines that won't die, I have a feeling he'll be back. She didn't take him all the way down, I'm pretty sure, but whatever. This round of Mafia suitors are here to woo Veronica with business proposals. My, we've come a long way from the days of the Odyssey where, like, suitors had to kill shit for Penelope to take them seriously. Oh my god, how weird would it a Riverdale Odyssey crossover beat. And, like, Penelope Blossom can be Penelope. And, uh, Josie and the Pussycats can be the Sirens. And, um, I don't know, Chuck can be, like, the the Cyclops or something. I don't know. The, somebody write that script. <laughs> Submit it. <laughs> anyway, Veronica blows them off because she's a boss-ass bitch now. Look out, Mafia princes. In, a uh, in the Blue and Gold office, which... Is this running again? Is it still dead? What's happening with the school newspaper? Can we get an update on that? Betty confesses to Cheryl that she thinks Hal is the Black Hood. And the reason why she's turning to Cheryl is because, you know, Cheryl's dad was a murderer. So she thinks they find some common ground. But I really feel like maybe it's because um, her, like, typical sleuthing partners were busy this episode. And Cheryl didn't really have anything else going on. So they're going to tag together. Cheryl agrees to help Betty in whatever she needs to, um, go on this crazy-ass mission to prove her dad is the Black Hood, so that's fine. In the Bulldog locker room, everyone is all, Kevin, what are you doing here? Everybody forgot that you were good at wrestling because thus far you've just been, like, our go-to gay, and, like, why are you hanging with the cool kids? You're not in some some sort of uniform or towel. <laughs> Really dicks to him, but he's he's there with the rest of whatever iteration of the circle we're on now because he wants to take down the person who got his dad fired. Cool. Moose speaks up and confesses that he and Midge were fighting right before the play because she confessed to him that she's been banging a serpent. So much to Archie's chagrin, the Bulldogs get all huffy and storm into Jughead's reserved classroom. Just as Jughead is warning the the serpents about next week's plot when the ghoulies, remember them? They're getting out of jail, but they can't, like, discuss any plans before Reggie and the Bulldogs start picking a fight. Reggie says he bet Sweet Pea was a serpent hooking up with Midge, and, like, Reggie, why do you care? But Sweet Pea is like, bro, I didn't even know her. She was barely on this show, and so am I, so back the fuck up. (laughs) when when would their paths even cross but a big fight erupts until Archie and Jughead can break it up and then they turn to each other and stare while breathing heavily (sighs) Riverdale so (laughs) we come back from commercial and Betty gets Hal to allow her and her mom to work at the register again very nice Hal calls Betty and Alice his two best girls which has to sting doesn't it Polly Polly I mean, like, you're ob- obviously not a fan favorite, but your own dad. <laughs> that's a thats a solid burn. <laughs> At the Jones trailer, Fangs admits to Jughead that it was him who had been hooking up with Mitch. Huh, how about that? This whole time we thought Fangs was Kevin's secret lover, but really he was Mitch's side piece. Man, I wish we had gotten to see more of that. Because like we've been led to believe this whole time that Fangs and Kevin had like a thing, or at least like they were kind of flirty, you know, Fangs is like putting his hands on Kevin and like, you know, they would like give each other eyes and stuff. And I think even Midge was the one who brought it up to Kevin during the Love Simon episode that there is a really cute gay serpent. So either, either Fangs is bi or pan or whatever, that'd be awesome to explore on tv um or he or midge was just like just like me in high school and all of her boyfriends are gay and that's kind of sad obviously things did not tell this tidbit of scandal to sheriff keller and he wants the footage of him and M- him and midge from right before the play started deleted from jughead's documentary documentary footage in a rare move for jughead jones he did turn that video over to the sheriff so sorry about your fangs. Veronica meets with her suitors at Pops because of course I mean there's nowhere else to meet and (laughs) they all try to argue the benefits of like canned meat and boxing rings but it's Elio because that name has been burning a hole in the writer's pocket since they walked out of Call Me By Your Name this past movie season I swear to god but Elio a boy with a bigger smile than the booth they're sitting in (laughs) there it proposes a casino and that piques veronica's interest in a way that is going to make her fight irrationally for it for the rest of the episode why is she pushing it so hard it just it doesn't i don't know it doesn't make sense unless she like has the hots for Elio. i don't get it dark circle flyers that remind me way too fucking much of the ring are plastered all over school Jughead finds Archie in an empty classroom, because of course he does, and tells him to shut it down, but Archie's not running this show anymore. Reggie is. Well, shit. The boys head down to the sheriff's station to meet with a corrupt cop Hiram has put in place somehow. That still doesn't make sense to me, Um, but they're going to see if Jughead can get his stuff back. Hiram is there because, you know, he's, like, everywhere because he's Satan. And you can tell he's so jealous of seeing Archie with another boy. Mmm, mmm, girl. In front of the new law dog, Sheriff Manetta, Hiram refers to Jughead as the other one. <laughs> Je- Jealousy is a green-eyed monster, Hiram. And we are actively hunting green-eyed monsters, so you might want to chill, brah. Just saying. Archie and Veronica meet with Elio over milkshakes, because of course, <laughs> at Pops. And when Veronica gets up, Elio lets it slip to Archie, he, he lets it slip to Archie that a rumor has it that Archie made his bones ugh, with Hiram by killing Papa Poutine. And Archie emphatically denies having anything to do with that. Um, because even though he did narc on Papa Poutine, we're pretty sure he's not the one who, like, shot him execution style. I mean, come on. But apparently, wait for it. Papa Poutine's son, Small Fry. <laughs> his name's Small Fry. What's his, what's his sister's name? Cheese curd? <laughs> Gravy? Oh god. Small fry is looking to seek vengeance for his father's death, so Archie better look out, I guess. Um I there are literal tears in my eyes right now. (laughs) At the register office, Betty uses her handy dandy bobby pin to break into her dad's desk and she makes copies of her dad's planner. And I know a lot of people are gonna make fun of Hal for using a real planner and not like the calendar on his phone, but you know what? Same here. I live and die by my planner. I can't get my phone to remember shit. My planner. Like, I don't know how you people live with just your phones. I would forget everything. Like, I need everything written down in a book that I can just open and look at. I don't have to worry about my battery dying. And, like, even when I set up reminders on my phone, they almost never go off. At least not when I schedule them to. So, I don't know I'm an analog kind of girl so I get Hal (laughs) for doing that not for like killing people because I'm still not convinced that he's not the Black Hood or a Black Hood but um but I do understand his uh his planner situation in my planner every Wednesday when Riverdale isn't like on hiatus I have a little crown doodle because I'm such a sucker for Jughead gah I know I know I'm trash anyway Betty confides in Cheryl with this information when the phone rings, scaring the crap out of them. And it's our friend Dr. Curdle. Remember him from like um Jason's autopsy and Miss Grundy's autopsy? <laughs> but anyway, it's him, aka Lurch calling from the coroner's office because a body of a 20 something year old male is found on the side of the road and it could be chick and he thinks he's talking to alice but it's betty so they're gonna they're gonna go check that out jughead goes to fp for advice on what to do with Fangs with the Fang situation and basically um fp just says that they need to lay low and they'll do whatever they can to protect fangs but jughead needs to be ready to fight and I just don't think you have to worry about that, Mr. Jones. Like Jughead is always ready to freak the fuck out. Anytime, any place. He's always on the ready. Archie goes home to find Fred in his usual spot whenever we see him on screen. He's in the kitchen staring at something very seriously because this fucking town. His forehead's as wrinkled as can be. And this time it's a little handwritten note from the black hood presumably saying your next sinner note that the handwriting on this handwritten note does not match the handwriting in house planner but that's probably not even a real clue that's probably just different people making props for this shit but if this were any other show that would be a big clue so when we come back from commercial the police are dusting the andrews house for fingerprints and for some reason the lodges are there Like, why? Couldn't they hash this out over a phone call or a group text? I mean, then again, group text should die and, like, only sadists talk on the phone. You know, Betty. (laughs) Everyone, except for, I don't, I don't know who she is in her, like, BDSM, (laughs) dark Betty situation, but she does keep answering the phone on the Black Hood calls, and I feel like that makes her a sadist. But anyway, everyone, except for the man who was just handed his death certificate, wants to call off the debate. But Fred convinces them to carry on so, you know, we can get our big dramatic scene later in the third act. Betty, who is in just the very best jacket ever, it's like an old-timey letter jacket, except it has, like, a big ice cream sundae on the front instead of, like, a school letter. I just love it. Oh, I want it. I'm sure it'll be a hot topic next season. Um, But Cheryl, you know, she obviously looks good because she's Cheryl Blossom, so we don't even have to comment on her outfit because she looks amazing always, but they go on a field trip to visit our old pal Dr. Curdle and to identify the mutilated corpse that was found on the side of the highway. You know, just typical schoolgirl hijinks. Yeah. Lurch unzips, <laughs> I like calling him Lurch, <laughs> he unzips the body bag and it's not Betty's fake brother after all. So even though she does not know if homies are alive or not, Betty goes into a full tailspin and realizes that handing Chick over to a serial killer is like really fucked up, more so even than say, almost drowning a boy in a hot tub or doing a strip tease in front of a group of old dudes and your mom, (laughs) whatever. Cheryl convinces Betty to confront Hal about her suspicions, not totally, but just enough to see how he reacts. How exactly does one only fractionally accuse someone of being a serial killer? Like, is there a chart? Does every Blossom child learn this school as soon as they can read? I don't, (laughs) it doesn't make sense. So at dinner, which I'm assuming is later that night, even though it's been night for a really long time by this point, Betty tells her parents that she has something to confess. So she tells them about the Black Hood booty calling her earlier this season and that she turned Chick over to him, you know, to murder. For some reason, they're just totally okay with it. Remember when Alice got all pissed off because Betty tried out for cheerleading and now her kid confesses to being an accomplice to murder and Alice just just like, she's just like totes sympathetic. What, what has happened? Oh my gosh, so much has happened. Hal admits to feeling the same darkness that Betty experiences he Says he was drowning in it during the few weeks that he was not living at home. Okay, one that's not darkness, that's called clinical depression, and I'm pretty sure everyone in this town has clinical depression plus PTSD, and they all need intensive therapy. And two, Hal wasn't exactly drowning in darkness when he was drowning in Penelope's vagina. You know, he was awfully fucking cheery during those few episodes, so I'm just, just throwing that out there. I guess we all turn to some weird escapes when we're depressed. I mean, I just lay in bed and watch old episodes of Golden Girls, but you know, you do you, I guess. The next day at school, Tony, in what I believe are her only few lines in this episode, except for the annoying one at the end. Um, and that's not even like just her line, the group one, you know what I'm talking about. The one where we all laughed, <laughs> but she shows Jughead that someone leaked the video footage of things in Midge's dressing room the night before the play to the Riverdale Register's website. You know the website that is owned by Hiram Lodge and ran by Hal who has to be involved in this shit somehow. Principal Weatherby who sounds a lot like the fucking Black Hood when he's on the phone with Betty he comes on the school intercom and instructs Fangs Fogarty to come to the principal's office. Didn't Fangs have a first name at one point in the show? I really thought he did, but I might be making that up. I might've made that up in my head. But anyway, I just highly fucking doubt that the principal would use the nickname a kid goes by in his motorcycle gang. I mean, seriously, Jughead and Tony take off to find things before the dark circle does, but because literally no one wants that shit to have more screen time. And just as they turn the corner, Jughead slams into fangs as he panics in the hallway like a deer stuck in headlights. And they try to get him out of the school, but the cops are on one side of the hallway and Reggie and his boys are on the other side. So choosing the cops over a certain death, the cops like slam him into a set of lockers and his handy dandy switch blade falls out of his pocket. Well, shit. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that Midge was stabbed to death with like the kitchen knives that doubled as murder weapons and like evil push pins keeping her on that prop wall but this does not look good for fangs In sidebar I love the kid who plays fangs drury tanner is just a delight on social media he's someone that like doesn't make me fear for the future and I just he seems like a real sweetie and I love him to death anyway so I just said I just had to say that while I could Veronica meets with Hiram in their very dimly lit living room that night to discuss the envoy of boy toys that were sent to Riverdale with this with their like business propositions. She relays Elio's casino idea, and Hiram is like, meh, that sounds like it sucks. I like my prison idea way better. Meh meh meh. Poop poop all over you. And Veronica is bombed, but she's super understanding. The next scene starts with KJ Appa doing his very best Luke Perry impersonation and I laughed real hard. (laughs) Like really hard. Like I had to pause it and laugh for a while. (laughs) I just like just go back just get to that scene and pause it and then google a picture of Luke Perry as Dylan McKay because it's so perfect. (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> He's sitting with his baseball bat and Fred tells him that he doesn't have to do that because there's a deputy outside. But Archie reminds us that the cops in this town fucking suck. And the goddamn town serial killer said you were next dad. He delivers a very poignant monologue about how awful it felt when Fred was shot at pops and how he thought he was going to lose his dad and our boys hug it out. And we all weep for the love of the Andrews men. Hmm. <sighs> The next scene, however, does not fill us with warm fuzzies because it's the fucking dark circle, AKA war dogs barf, except this time they only have the face masks and they're just wearing like their regular letterman jackets. Like what happened to the rest of their like, um, mortal Kombat outfits from that episode where they started being the dark circle. What happened to that? Anyway, these fuckers can't even get being vigilantes, right? and They pop out their their own switchblades and were led to believe that they are going into the White Worm to, like, cut some motherfuckers, but they actually just vandalize the joint, set a dumpster on fire, and slash some tires. When we come back from commercial, we we're reminded that AT&T is sponsoring the shit out of this show by Archie's ringtone. Jughead is calling to confront him about what the dark circle did to the White Worm. So many weird adjectives and nouns but Archie insists that he was not with them and had no idea that that was going to happen. If Juggy thinks this is crazy that Beanie would fly off into outer space if he learned that a couple of weeks ago they blew up a fucking car and not just any car the car of known mobsters. <laughs> he would he would literally shit his pants. <laughs> At the sheriff's station Fangs is being interrogated by Officer New Hottie. Sorry, I think I mispronounced that. Sheriff Minetta, (laughs) when attorney at law Sierra McCoy and our boy Jughead come waltzing in to save the day. I seriously want to know what her motivation behind taking on Fang's case is. Like, did she start watching How to Get Away with Murder? Because, uh, I don't know. Um, The last time we saw her interact with Jughead, or anyone from the South Side for that matter, she was a total bitch and a half. And I guess since Hireman Hermione did her wrong, she's just joining up with, like, whoever's on the opposite side. I I don't know what her motivations are other than, like, we just, we needed to get this story moving and we need an attorney for Fangs. And she's, like, the town attorney and Mary's out of town. So, I guess. Anyway, a great turn of luck for Fangs. We learned that Fangs is being held on having a weapon at school but it's a charge that probably won't stick they don't have any real evidence tying him to midge's murder and ultimately sierra demands that fangs keep his damn mouth shut because as long as he does the sheriff only has 24 hours to make something stick and then he has to release fangs so she's like shut your ass up and i think that's even what she says she is all kinds of fierce in this episode and i am here for it It's Awesome. Archie meets with the idiot squad and tells them that what they did at the White Worm was fucked up and the Dark Circle is officially disbanded. Reggie throws a a temper tantrum. He's like, fuck you it is. Uh Uh-uh. He lets it slip that Hiram has been paying the Dark Circle to be menaces to society and it was... His idea for the boys to go, you know, go have some fun on the south side. (sighs) That diabolical little shit. Veronica refuses to let her dad's rejection of the casino thing stop her for some reason. I'm guessing that it'll be a big plot point, maybe next season. I don't know. Anyway, she seeks out the legal advice of Sierra McCoy this time to help her file the proper paperwork for the casino. This child is going to help open a business that she legally can't enter for like two years bare (sighs) mints. I'm I'm just, I'm just nonplussed at that. Cheryl is at her vanities somehow making painting her nails look sinful. (laughs) Kudos to Madeline Petch for that. (laughs) But Betty calls because this week you know, Veronica's being weird and Jughead is taking care of things. So I guess Cheryl will just have to continue to be her sidekick on her super sleuth mission. But Betty found her dad's credit card statement. And before we get into the share B&B plot, I just want to point out some things I noticed from this statement. So Hal's credit card from Riverdale First is full of normal purchases like $46 to the so-and-so gas petroleum station, $35 to a barbershop that is just called barbershop <laughs> and $45 at Pops. Holy shit, how many milkshakes did this man buy? <laughs> and also this past month he's taking out $80 in cash advances. Big mistake. If, if you're like new to adulthood, just uh, just know something before you get a credit card. The interest rate on cash advances from credit cards is redonk. It's not the same interest charge for when you make a purchase. It is insane and also didn't Hal just get a bunch of money from selling the register to Hiram? Like Homie should be should not be taking out cash advances. He should be set. Anyway, the real reason why we're looking at this is because Betty has discovered that her dad has been continuing to pay for his share B&B. Can you do Airbnb for an extended um for an extended unknown period of time? Is that a thing? I mean, I guess if you're paying them $140 a week like Hal for that little dump, of a place the owner will let you but I don't know that seemed like not a real thing to me Cheryl says what we all want to hear do you think it's a serial killer lair please tell me we're breaking in of course you are Cheryl so in the next scene Betty uses her um, her lock picking tools that you know we all just have laying around the house and they bust in finding a real shithole there's an open can of generic spaghetti just sitting on the counter and that's disgusting throw your shit away Hal. Cheryl asks what they're even looking for and um boo this was your idea. (laughs) What did you think when you said please tell me we're gonna break in? What'd you think you were gonna do? Ultimately they find the Nancy Drew secret code book that the Black Hood used as a cipher like you know like some sort of 12 year old Zodiac killer earlier this season. Oh shit not looking good for Hal. At the big debate... Here we go. Veronica tries to proposition her dad again for the casino, and he shuts her down even quicker this time. So she's real butthurt now. Ellis, who is just like... A professional debate moderator I guess now she asks Hermione what she intends to do to increase safety in Riverdale and blah 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 we recruited a new sheriff oh and BT dubs Fred right here in front of the entire town I'm gonna drop a little bomb on you about your son starting a terrorist slash vigilante organization but before Fred can even utter this fucking town Veronica sees someone with a gun in the rafters and screams it's the black Hood!" indeed it is and he starts opening fire, directing his aim at the stage, trying to get Fred because he's next. And everyone is getting down on the floor and screaming, and it's madness. And we don't know if any anyone else got hurt. We just know that neither Fred or Hermione got shot, so I guess that's good. Even more perplexing, Hal is on the floor during the shooting and hunkers down with Betty, and so that means he's not the one shoot. He's not the one shooting. And I feel like it took everything she had to not stand up right there and say oh what the hell (laughs) i've worked so hard on this i just found hard evidence that you're the black the black hood and and now you're not even the one shooting what is happening after commercial break fred loki trolls the new sheriff and it was pretty funny he was like huh sheriff keller's not looking so bad right now huh huh motherfucker huh The sheriff insists that he has cars all over this town and the Black Hood will be caught tonight. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Right? (laughs) In the last two episodes of the season, we'll just be hand-holding and milkshakes. I'm totally sure. Um, Hiram suggests that Archie help identify the killer since he's looked him in the eye again. But our good boy has learned his damn lesson and says no, he wants to be home with his dad. Good boy, Archie. That's right. We take care of the decent human beings who rack themselves with guilt over our every action and not the skeezy mobster. Good boy. Bangs is going to be released out of jail, not because he obviously couldn't have shot up the town hall while he was imprisoned, but because the sheriff hasn't pre- pressed charges yet. So he has to be released. Hermione, someone we learned was the actual mob boss not all that long ago, we learned that. She is very shaken up at the idea of almost being shot when like, that has to come up quite often for her, right? I mean, I guess you never get over almost being killed and she has every right to be shaken up, but it just seemed inconsistent with her character and and just the shit she's been involved in this season. You know, Veronica is being Wonderful and comforting, and I really like her this episode. There are not a lot of episodes of seasons where I've enjoyed Veronica, but I really liked her this one in this one. But she's being super comforting to her mother, and she suggests that if she doesn't want to be almost killed, perhaps she should just drop out of the mayor race because that seems to be a thing that will continue to happen in this town. Hiram appears and says no one is dropping out and Veronica like finds her backbone out of nowhere and finally is just like nope fuck that and fuck you a serial killer just tried to play target practice with mom and she's supposed to continue on to support his plan and his vision I don't fucking think so And Hiram tries to be all, like, patriarchal and demands her respect. But she reminds him that respect is a two-way street. And he made her entertain, a.k.a. go on weird business dates with the son of his mobster friends. And then she had a proposal, like, she was supposed to. And he continually shot her down. And, like, she was really excited about starting a casino with the Cheshire Cat. Damn it, Daddy! (sighs) She says she's just going to go through with it anyway. Until he drops the bomb that he took the... I'm doing quotes here, finger quotes, cool mill that she got for Nick St. Clair's ransom and put it in a trust that she can't touch until she's 21. Veronica's face is a lot like Betty's face in that town hall when when she found Hal. And she's just like, FML. Uh, fuck my life at the Cooper house Betty confronts Hal with the Nancy Drew book he of course denies everything and says that it was a gift he ordered for her birthday online and she's she's not convinced none of us are that is all just way too coincidental over at her boyfriend's house Jughead comes home to tell FP that Fangs is getting out tonight and out of the shadows of this very small living room so I don't know how they did that one but anyway from the shadows out walks Joaquin. Joaquin de los Santos. Is that his name? I think that was his last name. Anyway. Oh my god. I was just typing out notes for my recap on season 1, episode 12, and was lamenting at how much I miss seeing Rob Rocco's giant Muppet eyes on TV. He's just so damn pretty. Like, I don't find him attractive in, like, a sexy way. Like, I'm not like, ooh, I want to hit that. But I... And I appreciate the work you put into being like that, like sexy greaser vibe. I find him attractive that way. Anyway, Joaquin is making a cameo because he's going to take Fangs back to San Junipero with him where he's hiding out. Because, you know, one time he like helped clean up a murder scene and it was really gross. So (laughs) um, anyway, that's why he's back. And since Archie is off being a good boy this episode, Hiram has to find a new boyfriend. So he meets with Reggie in his study and is just the worst villain ever. He all but tells Reggie to kill things as soon as he gets out of jail tonight. And before we can get to that madness, which is madness, Veronica makes her way over to the Andrews house to assure Fred that he has her vote, even though she's not 18 and cannot vote yet, but whatever. It was a nice gesture. Oh, and to show, she's also over there to show Archie her new lingerie that literally zero teenagers would ever have in real life. But they're doing this because it's been a hot minute since Riverdale has been super smutty and we just can't drop that vibe because there's like murders taking place. We have to stay on brand. So while Archie and Veronica are like getting their swerve on, Betty is next door in her room laying out all of her Blackwood memorabilia and calls her dad telling her to meet her where it all began at the town hall where she made her speech during the jubilee i want it to be just you and me dad like how you wanted it to be just like it's supposed to be man if hal isn't the black hood or a black hood or whatever this has got to be the weirdest phone conversation he's had with one of his daughters yet and that is really saying something so after commercial, Veronica and Archie are just like sleeping in his bed all post coital when Jughead calls to let Archie know that there is a freaking riot going on outside the jail as Fangs is supposed to be released. Are people with like signs and shit? <laughs> How did they have time to make that? <laughs> but Betty is at the town hall organizing her, like, blackhead collection on the stage where people were shot at mere hours ago. I feel like that's a crime scene that would be taped off and, you know, whatever. Like, there's probably cops working in there. It's not just empty for her to sit in, but fine. Whatever. She's waiting for her dad to show up. F.P., Jughead, and Sweet Pea, and Tony Topaz are um... They're all strategizing on how to get Fangs out of the building. Um, They're at the jail. And that sweet baby angel listened to the angry mob outside and says, I don't want to die. And with that sentence, he signed his death certificate. Come on, man. You know you can't say shit like that or you will definitely get killed. That, I mean, it's like the number one rule. (laughs) The serpents all huddle up and this was Tony's line that I didn't like, (sighs) or like her only other line, but I didn't like this line from any of them, but they all like put their heads together and, and yell in unity, there is strength. Go team. Just kidding. But it was really, really dorky. So (laughs) they gather around Fangs to escort him to safety, acting as, um, human shields when Reggie comes blazing towards them, and Archie, who has finally arrived on the scene, notices Reggie pull a gun out of his pocket, and takes off running through the crowd, and tackles him to the ground. The sad music playing over all of the, like, wrestling and jostling ramps up, and then a shot rings out, causing everyone to stop and duck, and oh no. Fangs was shot in the stomach. But both Reggie and Archie's hands were on the gun. So... Cool. That's going to be a fun plot. Betty is sitting on the stage of the town hall with her shit, waiting on her dad when there's a very sinister. And, then, but we don't get to see who it is because we, we do a smash cut to Thistle House where Cheryl is sitting by the fire, reading a book called the books of blood by Clive Barker, which is a real real book series it's apparently a series of horror fiction you know just what you should be reading when you're a young woman living alone in a house and you've just kicked out two people who want to murder you and hate you good god and we know she has a history of nightmares remember zombie jason like that shit still haunts my dreams anyway there's a knock at her door and she assumes it's one of her mother's johns but nope candy graham it's the Black Hood. Cue a blood-curdling scream. That was awesome. <laughs> Zzz, Riverdale. End of episode. So for the most Archie Comics moment, I'm guessing there is there is a so-so gas station in the comics because otherwise that's a terrible name for a business. And I do feel like both Archie and Reggie falling and both of their hands being on the gun is something that would have definitely happened in a comic book. That feels very comic-y to me. Um, For the best Blossom Burn, I'm going with when Cheryl told Betty that Hal couldn't possibly be the Black Hood because she's seen him move around Thistle House, and he has all the grace of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. (laughs) That was really funny. (laughs) Good. Um, This is rare, but I'm super proud of everyone in our core four and most of the other kids. Of course, with the exception of Reggie. He totally sucked this episode. Um, Bad. I think it definitely should have been Moose who pulled a gun on the guy banging his girlfriend like I know Reggie is featured more in fact Charles Melton who plays Reggie and Vanessa Morgan who plays Tony Topaz they were just promoted to series regulars but regulars (laughs) but they should take a note from Kevin's book um Casey Cott's book that does not mean you'll get more lines like he he was promoted to series regular this season and i think we've seen him less than we did in season one anyway i just think it would have made more sense if the gel if it was the jealous boyfriend and not the jealous friend of the jealous boyfriend oh and reggie at one point calls fangs a vixen killer and that like that just did not land for me i didn't like that that, that was not good my funny for the episode This is the second episode in a row where everything is super serious and there isn't any comedy, any comedic relief. So, but I did laugh for quite a while at Archie's Dylan McKay face when he was sitting guard, um, before he and Fred had that touching heart to heart. It it was, it was really funny to me, guys. Like, (laughs) I know that's a dumb thing, but I laughed for like a really long time. Um, for changes, again, I would have just made it Moose who pulled a gun on Fangs and I wouldn't have killed Fangs because I love him. Um, but it didn't make sense to me why it was Reggie, like, what was Reggie's motivation for that? Like, what the fuck? Was he also fucking Midge? Because I don't, I don't get it. I don't get what his deal is. Um, for theories, so I'm thinking there are multiple Black Hoods, including Chick, um, because we never saw his body, so we don't know that he's actually dead. And I bet the reason Hal's been paying for his share B&B is so Chick has somewhere to stay after Alice kicked him out of the house. Because even though we know, like, Hal hates Chick, he thinks Chick is the worst, he fucking hates him. But maybe all of that is just a cover because he's working with Chick to, you know, like, kill people and stuff. Also, I think Sheriff Keller is one of the Black Hoods. And I bet anything he was the one shooting at the debate. And again, these are just my theories. And time will tell. You know we don't know. For Sabrina news, uh, the official title is now Chilling Tales of Sabrina, no teenage witch tacked on the end, and that just doesn't feel right to me. Like I feel like when I say the name Sabrina, I have to say the teenage witch. It just it just comes out. For Skeet's Dad Graham Corners, since this was a very Hal-centric episode, I'm actually using his his dad comment this week, um, Lachlan Monroe's. Skeet had one too, but Lachlan, who plays Hal, was much daddier. You know, that sounded weird when it came out. (laughs) Anyway, on March 19th, Charles Melton posted a picture of KJ Apa looking all, like, blue steel with a cigarette and this, like, weird-ass shirt. But Charles' caption was, Hasn't had a carb in over two years. Proud of you, kid. Skeet's comment, just to start, was, and hasn't punched ice in over a year either. Fist emoji. <laughs> but Lachlan's was the best. His comment was, because remember, KJ's holding a, a lit cigarette. His comment was, good thing those carbs give you can give you cancer. Dot, dot, dot. Shocked face emoji. And that was my reaction too. So I guess that makes me like a real mom because, fool, we'll put down the goddamn cigarette. It will... It will always be jarring for me to see these kids smoking. Like, it's 2018. Literally everyone knows that shit is disgusting. You don't look cool. This is not like we're trying to recreate Mad Men. It's gross. It makes your teeth gross. It makes your breath gross. It makes everything, your fingers gross. It's not even just the threat of cancer and epizema, which is disgusting, by the way. But, like, you are a gross person if you do that. And, like, look, I, too, am pretty gross. (laughs) I'll admit to a lot of things that, like, I'm not great at. Like, I maybe shower, like, three times a week. Four if it's a really good week. Um, I wear the same pajamas, like, several nights in a row. I, you know, I'm, like, I'm not good at most things. There has been dishes piled in my sink for, like, a week. But I will be goddamned if I ever smoke a cigarette because that shit is nasty. Nasty. My stuff is just because I'm lazy. I'm not going to actively seek out being gross. Anyway, (laughs) well, that was a fun rant. All right, friends, I think that's it for this week. I'll be back next week with a recap of Season 2, Episode 21, um, Chapter 34, Judgment Night. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. That helps other adult Riverdale fans find us enjoying this safe space where we can talk about all sides of the show, um, if you want to reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Cheriebee, and that's C-H-E-R-I-E-E-B-E-E. Um, my Instagram is mostly just pictures of my kid. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but I am always happy to talk about Riverdale. You can, and you can always email me at Riverdale at gmail.com if you think you have a better blossom burn or Archie moment if there's something from the comics that I missed let me know and um, we'll talk about it on air or if you just want to talk about anything Riverdale related I am always happy to chat so hit me up Um, until next week I don't know stay (laughs) sexy stay sexy River Vixens I got nothing (laughs) bye guys We'll make the winter springtime and jingle, jangle, sing time right on to the summer and the fall. So, darling, don't be weeping and please don't you be sleeping when I come creeping down the hall to sing it by.